guys, Texas Slim here. I am in Austin, Texas. Today is Thursday. I believe it is the third. And got in last night, getting ready for the cattleman's kill it and the grill it. But on the road, I did a podcast and I pulled over my truck in Lubbock, Texas. I was over there at uh, Holy Cow Beach and I was visiting with uh, Ann and Weldon. And I actually, this podcast was a long time in the making. Uh, it was a long time coming, but the people that were involved with this podcast, um, right when I met both of them, I knew that they were going to be partners and they would be something that would be vital to the, to the initiative. And they'd be vital to what I was trying to accomplish within the beef initiative. Uh, Parker Lewis with Unchained Capital, Jason Rick of Rick Ranches. You guys know them. If you don't, uh, you're going to find out a lot more about them today and exactly what they do and why they're key. Uh, one thing to bring up, uh, this is about a scholarship. It's about a new way of looking at education within the, uh, the ranching and animal production and the basically soil regeneration, uh, regenerative movement that basically, you know, we, we reflect on the past and we, we kind of look at what our grandfathers and our ancestors did. First time I met Jason, we were talking and he was kind of telling me more about how he got started. He's first generational uh, regenerative farmer rancher in Colorado. A lot of people, you know that. And one thing that he told me, though, that really struck struck a chord with me, he said, above and beyond anything, I am an educator. And so right then, I knew that we had to do something to get people to understand, because right now we have 68% of our farmers and ranchers in the United States are 68 years or older. We're losing a generation of intelligence. We're losing a generation of educational means. And it's not getting any better. We're, there's a void here. We're, we're playing catch up. Well, we in the Beef Initiative and after Jason and Parker became pay, part of the Beef Initiative, we, we decided that we're going to do a scholarship fund. And they, what I did is I put up one full Bitcoin that I'd uh, been able to put together over the years. And I couldn't find, I couldn't think of a better place to, than to use that Bitcoin as a foundational layer for the scholarship trust fund. So what we've done, we've worked together uh, as uh, ranchers, as people in the finance industries, as in, you know, as far as custodialship within Bitcoin, uh, within different aspects that different people are pioneering into to help each other out and to form these partnerships and relationships. Today, it's basically about moving forward with a new form of uh, educating and a new form of uh, communication, a new store of value that all of our grandparents knew about. So stay tuned. Uh, enjoy the ride. Enjoy this podcast. And remember that, you know, I'm out there, boots on the ground, going across the country, going across the world. Uh, this Saturday, Luling, Texas. Uh, by the time you guys see this, it'll be over with. But I guarantee if you didn't get to go, there'll be more. Stay tuned, tune in, and uh, quit validating the deceptions and point your compass in the direction that is, is part of a, is, it's an international lifestyle. It's based on value for value exchange. Enjoy this episode.
Hey guys, Texas Slim here. I am in my pickup truck. I'm driving across West Texas and I pulled over. I'm actually over at the house of uh, Holy Cow Beef, uh, Ann and Weldon Warren. So uh, she uses a Mac laptop and uh, it wasn't good enough for me. So <laughs> I don't know how to use Mac. I forgot Mac years ago. So here we are. We're going to film this podcast in the pickup truck. And today we have two of our favorite people. Uh, we have got Parker Lewis of Unchained Capital and we have Jason Rick of Rick Ranches. Parker, how are you doing? Doing well, Slim. It was good to see you up in Idaho a few days ago. I'm glad to see you made it back to Texas in one piece, just as I did. Yes, and I actually got delayed out almost a full day, but I made it back late Sunday night to Dallas. And they gave me a $12 meal voucher, and I ordered a brisket sandwich from the hotel, and it was 25 bucks. And I told them to keep it, and I just went on a intermittent fast for uh, Sunday night, so I didn't need it. So, but uh, I made it back to Texas, which was good. But it was really good seeing you in Idaho. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Jason, how are you doing? How's Colorado? How much snow you got? Well, so we uh, most of the snow that we had here at the ranch melted off, so now it's just a muddy mess. But we're going to get hammered again on Thursday. So everyone's complaining about the snow, and I'm super thankful because without that snow, we don't have any irrigation water. So I'm, it's just part of it. You can't have one without the other. No, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a beautiful time of year. I think last year is right when we started talking, Jason, somewhere around and, and there was snow on the ground there. So we've gone through the four seasons and good Lord, have we come a long ways, haven't we? Oh, and, yeah, uh, for sure. Well, and this this podcast is exciting for me because what we did is you and I have been working in Parker. You and I have known each other probably about the same amount of time. I met you the same time I met Barty, and that was last year, late September, October of last year as well. But here we are. We're all three separate entities. Uh, we're all in the Bitcoin space. Uh, we're all in, in some form or fashion, in the agricultural space, too. We've all basically placed ourselves there voluntarily and intentionally to basically um, have better food supplies, have better money supplies, sound money, sound food, sound health, sound future. So, Jason, you and I were talking a while back and I said, hey, what is it about a rancher that people don't understand? And in you and I already knew this, but I wanted to hear it from you. It's like you have one form of revenue. And that's basically selling beef. But there's so many different pillars of strength that you should have as a modern day cattleman. And one of those is education. And you told me, first and foremost, I'm an educator. And I said, well, you know what? I've had this idea since I started this. And what I did was I was able to obtain a full Bitcoin. And I said, I want to create a scholarship trust fund. And each year, a rancher gets to have a scholarship in his name, basically. He gets awarded a scholarship and we get to design that scholarship around the education that rancher wants to basically, you know, teach, to, to basically teach a generation that we need because a lot of people don't understand the average age of a rancher right now in the United States is 68 years old. And we have nobody filling those gaps of generations, of information, of, in, of beef intelligence. And so here we are. We, we decided to go ahead and do a scholarship trust fund. Well, whenever you do something like that in the Bitcoin space, you got to get other people that are innovating in the Bitcoin space. And so we have Unchained Capital and some of the best guys I know down there in Austin, Texas is Parker. 
So Parker, uh, let's tell everybody, especially for the ranchers, what Unchained Capital does and your approach to what we're doing with the scholarship fund. Yeah, absolutely, Slim. And I think, um, you know, one, I'll tell a little bit about what, what, what we do, but then also I think this brings a lot of things full circle for me. I believe I met Jason for the first time at uh, the Beef Initiative Conference, I believe maybe the first one that was in Kerrville, Texas. Um, and that was a great day, inspired a lot of people. And then you guys carried it forward with the event at Jason's Ranch in Colorado over the summer in July. And then uh, the last one in Georgia, I look forward to another one getting back here to Texas as well. Um, but, but very glad to be playing a part, not only in helping to educate folks, but, but being educated along the way. And then being reinforced by uh, not just knowing and, and being connected with a lot of good people, but also building you know a localized la layer and decentralized layer in terms of how many people in our Bitcoin community here in Austin are now accessing their food, and more and more people in Colorado and and everybody that you're you're reaching are. So um, want to thank you uh, at the start, um, not only for having connected me for good people like Jason, but but others that that are on the same path and trail. Um, so wanted to start there. Um, just in terms of what we do at Unchain, uh, we really focus on helping people secure their Bitcoin and understanding Bitcoin. I think the first time that we sat down, um, Cole Bolton was in the office as well um, from KNC Cattle. And uh, before somebody can understand how Bitcoin can help them, um, they generally need to understand what it is, how it works. And then similarly, you know, vice versa, before um, we can understand why what, what Jason does is so important and why we should be going direct to ranchers and shaking our ranchers' hand, we got to learn ourselves. But kind of from our side of the fence, um, we help people understand what Bitcoin is, um, why it matters, how it can help people storing their value, their proof of work into the future. Um, but then ultimately we help them secure that proof of work in the form of Bitcoin. Um, we don't operate like a legacy bank. One of the big problems in our, in our society banking system, financial system is that everything became centralized and that uh, what that meant was putting a financial institution between you and your money. Um, and if you didn't say something that that they like or they, they don't like the way that you talk or walk, uh, they could they could put you to the curb. But, but more importantly, and I think that that's what's felt uh, by everybody, or at least I know that it's felt by everybody, is that our money gets debased um, from underneath our feet, um, that, that the operation of printing money, ultimately what it is doing is devaluing the, the work and our, the finite scarcity of our time and the value that we've delivered in the past becoming devalued every day because more money, more and more money gets printed over time. So we help uh, clients secure Bitcoin in a way not only that allows them to preserve their value into the future, but in a way that really disintermediates the financial institution. We help people hold their own keys to their Bitcoin. We help them do that, uh, particularly for, for less technical folks in a, in a more secure position than they would be able to do that on their own. Um, we do that by eliminating single points of failure. Uh, we use multi-sig. Uh, what that means is that um, Bitcoin, whether it's one Bitcoin or 0.1 Bitcoin or multiple Bitcoin, that, that the Bitcoin that are secured are, are segregated on a client-by-client -client basis uh, and they're controlled by multiple keys, which means that you can lose a key or you could even lose multiple keys because keys are backed up and that you don't lose your Bitcoin. Um, the reason why Bitcoin is of fundamental value is because it represents a form of money that can't be printed, but that, that scarcity uh, would not be a value if it was possible to lose. And so one of the things that we talked about, um, and this comes back to something that's very important in the Bitcoin world, but uh, the guys over, guys and girls over at Bitcoin Magazine were leading a 
um, a, a telethon for Hoddle Not, who um, is over in Europe, and they were raising funds, and we we donated one of our uh, concierge onboardings, uh, where we help walk people through and getting set up with Bitcoin and multisig to be able to secure it with Unchained in, in a more secure way, um, and at that auction, I ultimately just bought it myself. Um, and, uh, because I just wanted to donate to the cause. And then when we were talking to some, I said, Hey, why don't we just, um, why don't we donate this concierge onboarding to the, the beef initiative? And then you came back to me with the idea of putting it towards the purpose of this scholarship. So, um, one thing that I, I feel like I've observed or learned through this journey that, that we've been on together, um, different journeys, but, but similar paths and, certainly intersecting paths is that uh, you do good by right, you know, you do right by good people and that people will, will pay things forward to you. So we're happy to be here and helping the, the beef initiative and, and the scholarship fund to be, be helping you guys secure the Bitcoin that you're going to be contributing to that. And then ultimately at points in time, uh, you'll be, you know, spending it to invest in things for the scholarship. So um, we can go into the details of more about of what we do, but ultimately we'll be making sure that those Bitcoin contributed to that scholarship until the time where they, they need to be spent or are secure. And then we'll help, you know, transfer our clients, transfer that Bitcoin uh, when they need to. Yeah, that's a great overview, Parker. And thank you for all the, the kind words and, you know, it's mutual. And, you know, this is a big collaboration of a lot of like-minded people coming together. And I believe it was in Idaho. I said, you know, in the last, you know, couple of years, the best people I've ever met in my life has been through this uh, space of Bitcoin and agriculture. And so you're a big part of that. Uh, thank you for, you know, offering up your uh, concierge services for your, that you had, you know, had, had auction off during HODL knot. Uh, that, that definitely uh, made me feel good because it comes with a lot of verification of goodwill. So thank you and uh, much appreciated. Um, I think one of the most important things for me, from my standpoint, and Jason, I'll let you chime in here, is that, yeah, I can throw around the word saying, hey, I got a Bitcoin, I'm going to throw it at those ranchers, and I could, you know, LARP into the space and say all this stuff. But what really matters the most is the transparency, the validation, and the verification of that scholarship trust fund. And there's no better way to do that in the Bitcoin space than a company as Unchained and you leading the way there, Parker. So thank you. And I know, Jason, for you, you know, we're innovating the scholarship fund, right? It's not an academic institutional scholarship. We get to open source our ideas. We get to open source what we want to move forward with. And so with you receiving the first scholarship ever in your name for Jason Rick of Rick Ranches in the Beef Initiative, how did you first feel about it? And how does this verification and validation of the concierge service and basically knowing this Bitcoin is going to be leveraged in the correct way and it's also going to be stored and protected in the, in the correct way? What are, you th what are your thoughts? When we first talked about it, of course, I am very leery of, of everything, you know, I, I question everything. That's why I am where I am, and that's what I do what I do. I, I started questioning the science on agriculture and going a different direction. And so anytime someone says, hey, I want to do this, what do you think? It's like, I have 10,000 questions to ask. And so we've talked through this multiple times, multiple iterations, multiple scenarios. And then when you said that Unchained was going to be stewarding our Bitcoin, not only from a security standpoint, but also just as a intelligence standpoint, because anybody that's in the Bitcoin space knows that you are only as strong as your weakest link. 
And if you are irresponsible, there's a good chance that all of that value that you've saved or put away goes away. Whether you drop your single key, you know, your single device in the lake, or it's in your Tesla when it gets flooded out uh, in a hurricane or whatever that happens to be. And so from a security standpoint and a stewardship standpoint, they're re it's really a no-brainer, which then helped to solidify exactly what direction I wanted to go. And we were totally serious about what we were talking about. So as, as far as I'm concerned, now it's a done deal. Now it's time for us to innovate going forward to see the who, why, for, and how, and who we're going to help steward the education that people are really, really buying for. You know, as soon as we started talking about this, I've had multiple people on multiple platforms reach out to me just wanting to either volunteer their time and labor to be, to learn what we do and why we do it. And now we're going to be very, very selective in, in who we award our scholarship to when it comes to this on-farm, on-ranch education. And that's a good point because, you know, you get it uh, just as like, I'll use you and Cole as an example because, you know, I talk to you guys all the time, but the amount of people wanting to, that are coming to you guys and saying, hey, can I come work out on your ranch for free? Can I, you know, but, you know, it's all good intentions, right? And it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, it comes with blessings and gratitude, of course. But the one thing that we need to do properly to steward that type of education is like, hold on a second, let's, let's create an apparatus in which we can all function in that's going to benefit the rancher, it's going to benefit your curiosity, it's going to be benefit the, the, the roadmap of education that's required right now. And so with us all working together, this collaboration that's is very exciting to me because i think it's going to be unlimited the the uh, the amount of work that we can do in a short period of time because we have this organizational structure and we do have that security and we have that validation verification and you know three three basically first generational uh innovators right now you know unchained capital rick ranches and the beef initiative and so this is how you get things done and by saying that, Parker, you've uh, you've contributed. You don't you know you're extremely humble, of course. Everybody knows that. But one thing that I'd like to let everybody know is how much you've really helped with certain things within the beef initiative. The small little things, the the the, the why of the beef initiative, the content that you've uh, you've helped me steward as far as what we're using on our um, homepage, our platform. And so by saying that, you're always tuned in. I know you are, and that's that's fantastic. But what do you see as kind of like? How would you like to articulate your vision of what this scholarship is from your point of view? Yeah, and that was one thing we were talking in Idaho, Slim. Uh, you talked about you talked to me about the idea specifically, kind of in in general terms of of the goals. But then when you talked about um, specifically kind of the plans for this initial initial scholarship uh, with Jason, but then also having I don't know if the term we use was apprentices, but people coming out and working Jason's ranch and and learning, you know, not just the why, but the how, and then being able to export that um, to be able to, to take it and apply it on their own. And that these, you know, the funds for this first scholarship, at least initially, would be intended to kind of building out a combination of campgrounds and financing that program um, that 
from everything that I've experienced in this, and, and I experienced it in Kerrville, but then I talked to a lot of people like Matt O'Dell, who came out to or went out to Jason's ranch in July, that everyone who goes, they, they come away, that one, they're there in, with intentionality, and that they meet a great group of people, and then they go out and carry the message and want to contribute back. And so I think that, you know, when I think about this particular program, I go back to the probably maybe the first day that I actually met Cole from KNC in person. And, you know, kind of it, it was a good meme that when you were talking about, um, you know, go shake your rancher's hand, but until you shake your rancher's hand, it's just a meme. But then, you know, when, when that happens, it um, maybe it's going too far to say that it's a lifestyle, but you actually understand why it's important. And so um, getting more people into this program or that would be benefited by this program that will be going out and carrying that message into their local communities um, and kind of carrying on the tradition of, you know, recognizing that it is important to decentralize market access, um, to connect good people and, you know, whether that's good people in the Bitcoin community or good people in the ranch community, ultimately they are one in the same because we need to eat and Jason, you know, one of the other, you know, kind of things that, that uh, you not just preach, but live slim is, you know, feed a nation um, that, you know, what it really is, is feeding a local community. And that what I learned was the importance of being able to go across town. Uh, that's not just about, you know, shaking a rancher's hand. It's that, Hey, I know not only where my food comes from, but I know the person who's delivering it and I have a personal relationship. And that what this ultimately comes back to is, uh, is exporting that model to more people. And so that, that is really what I took away the importance. I'd love to hear um, kind of, you know, some more of your vision specifically for this program, but also Jason's because when you told me about it in Idaho, kind of in the, in the specifics, I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. Um, that, you know, a lot of people and my understanding is, you know, from conversations with Jason, he's a first generation, right. Um, yeah. and, and producing more people like that. But when you start to understand that there really is a big gap, uh, what that big gap is, is a knowledge gap. And that's going to be a big problem um, when when those 68-year-old ranchers become 80 years old, um, that we're going to have real problems. And that um, the more people that we can get to understand the importance of, of having these direct relationships, but what ultimately what it means is being able to go purchase directly um, from somebody that is a critical part of a, a food supply chain, um, and really disintermediating, you know, a lot of things that don't necessarily need to exist, that it happens on a grassroots basis, it happens based on guerrilla tactics, and that this program um, will will help further that. And that, you know, like I say, you know, people, everyone talks about holding Bitcoin and holding Bitcoin for the long term. What it ultimately is, is money. It will store value over time better, but what it's meant, what was money meant to be, is meant to be spent. Um, and that it's meant to be spent on good projects, and, you know, initially, I think this is, you know, you were you mentioning that this was something that the Beef Initiative was funding, but it also sets the stage for people to, to create an avenue to, to donate, to be able, not necessarily as part of like this direct, but it, but once set up, once the Beef Initiative set up, once Jason set up, then, you know, this will be funded by the Beef Initiative in the form of a scholarship, but other people will then say, hey, that was money well spent. And when, when people, um, you know, like when I think about myself, you know, paying coal in Bitcoin for cap for, for stakes, or Jason doing the same for local communities, or anybody going to any of these people that are latching onto this movement. That that you know, 
that that you don't spend your Bitcoin on just anything, but but you you feel good about it when you're spending it on um, not just initiatives or causes, but things that you can see tangibly also coming back. Um, that that it's not it's not charity by any means. It's making really good investments and good people um, that that pay themselves off directly, but also indirectly. Hey guys, you know me. I always got stories. So let's take a quick break for a quick story, and we'll get back to the uh, podcast right after this. You know what, guys? All this uh, last three years, I've been driving so much. And the other day, I came up with uh, a memory. And what it did, it made me remember whenever I first moved to Austin. I mean, Austin used to look like that, but it didn't have all these skyscrapers either. When I got here, there's about three of them up there. And this looks like an old picture, too, so it's even worse now. So Austin has changed a lot. Whenever I was young, I was 19, I got to Austin, Texas at $125 in my pocket. And that was it. Uh, I had 150 before I left West Texas, but I had to get gas and 12 pack of beer. When I got to Austin, I was ready to go, though. I was ready to hit the road even more because I had that wanderlust. I've had it ever since I was a little boy whenever my mom started calling me Texas Slim. But one thing that I knew is that I had to hit the road to go see this world. And what I did is I started meeting people. We, we, we used to go out and conjugate like this in Austin. And you met people that were from, you know, different places. I was wet behind the ears. I was a small town boy from West Texas, didn't know much, talked funny and all that kind of stuff. But one thing I did is I met some people that had already traveled a little bit. And so I started doing some, you know, some idea making. I started dreaming bigger than I'd ever really let myself because I knew that I was able to do that. I had the means. I had networking skills. I had some people skills. I had a wanderlust that was uh, something you couldn't turn off and you've never been able to turn it off up until this day. But I met this one girl. She worked up in Maine on this island called Mount Desert Island. And she told me all about her experience and she was very romantic about it. And one thing she did say, though, she said, hey, she goes, on one day, one morning, I was the first person to see the sunrise in the United States. And what it is, there's a place up in uh, Mount Desert. Look it up. You can look it up. And uh, there's a place called Cadillac Mountain. There's a rock on top of that mountain. It's more like a big-ass boulder. If you're the first person or if you're the only person sitting on that rock on that island up on northeast coast Maine, about mid-coast Maine, you are the first person to see the sunrise in the continental United States. That's all I needed to hear. I said, you get to be the first to see the sunrise in the United States. So, well, shit, I got a destination. So I created a destination to be the first person to see the sunrise in the United States. Everything else was trivial. So what I had to do, though, is I had to create a roadmap. And so I started looking at that island. We didn't have really much of the Internet. You had to send letters and you had to, you know, and your research was a lot bit different than it is today. So what do you know? I found a job up on that island in this place called the Astaku. It was named after Chief Astaku. You can look that up too. The Astaku, Northeast Harbor, Maine. Anyways, I got a job there. All I knew that I was going to get to go be the first person to ride. <laughs> 
to a sun's uh, rise in the United States during that time of the year, of course. I think at one point in the year, you can't, you know, something about the sun. You're not the first person. But anyways, I packed up my 82 Toyota truck, put a camper topper on it. It looked like it was from 1972. Had my mountain bike on top of that. I looked like a freaking Beverly Hillbilly. But anyways, I drove all the way from Texas, all the way to Maine. I think I was 20 time. And the first thing I did was I parked at the Astico and then got on that damn mountain bike as soon as I could. And I went up this trail and I rode up to the top of Cadillac Mountain. And for one day, I was the first person to ever see the sunrise in the continental United States. And guess what? The reason and the only reason I got there was because I created a destination. What is your destination within the Beef Initiative? Why are you here? All you got to do is create your destination. Everything else will follow. If your intent is good, your heart is pure, your mind is clear, and you're transparent about what you want out of life. Let's all get there together. There's plenty of destinations to be had, especially with this collective that we've got called the Beef Initiative. Appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed the story. Take care. Um, let's get back to this interview. I think it's a good one. Well, and that's the thing for me is I, I share a lot of stuff, pictures and stories and stuff, you know, on social media of, of what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we do it. But if you're not in it every day for a month or a summer or whatever that is, you don't ever truly get a sense of what we're doing, let alone ask the questions as to the why. And what I'm finding is now that we're our second generation removed from the farm, that, you know, just lack of knowledge, lack of information, and actually complete lack of awareness blows my mind. You know, my wife and I were talking last night about what we were going to set up and how we were going to do it and how everything has to be totally dummy proof because so many people don't know how to light a fire. They don't know how to light a gas barbecue grill. You know, they don't know how to navigate a tight turn with their vehicle. You know, they're afraid of crashing into something because their vehicle beeps at them when they get close to something. Just so many things when we're looking at layout and the logistics that you have to think about. Because for us, knowing how to do everything is just part of our life. When we're cold, we know how we layer to get warm. We know how to make a fire if we need to with the minimal supplies we have in our pockets. We know if we look at a calf and he doesn't quite look right, then we need to pay a little closer attention because he's probably actually sick. But because they're a prey animal, they hide that sickness until it's too far gone. You know, you could have intervened with some B12, you know, and electrolytes, but nobody knows that. I mean, they would just say, oh, it just looks like another cow or a steer versus a heifer or a, a bull versus a steer. Just all of those things that we take for granted as knowledge or you're moving cows from one pasture to another and you look down and you notice the top strand of barbed wire is down. So now if you're pushing cows hard, they're going to just jump that fence and they're going to be out where most people wouldn't even know that. Whereas me going, oh, goodness getting around them, putting the fence back up or whatever that happens to be. It's just second nature for me, but nobody or very few people know that because they never experienced it. So this is an opportunity for number one, education is huge and has to happen. Number two, it's the realization of just how much goes into grass fed, grass finished, 
all natural conception to plate beef and what all those steps are and, and how intentional you have to be to have any success in it. You know, there are lots of, lots of producers that buy calves and finish calves and sell calves, and then they go to Mexico through the winter. We don't have that, that opportunity. We have to take care of those mother cows because everything that we sell is conceived, born, and fed on one of the properties we manage. And that's a completely different model of, of what most beef producers do. And it's important to be able to get people on the, on the ranch long-term so they can feel the pain and, and see the pain points and realize why we charge what we charge and what actually goes into it. It's not, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, I have yet to make any money in my business because I'm still growing this business and because I'm so intentional about how we do it, there isn't a lot of opportunity there. But through the scholarship program, through this glamping program that we're going to start, not only do we have a, a revenue stream for uh, workers, we have a revenue stream of people who want to come out and enjoy spending the night or a weekend or a week in fancy fixed up accommodations uh, here in Western Colorado, which is, you know, everyone that came to the event, many of them hadn't been to Western Colorado. Nobody knows anything about it. And boy, they almost all said, we will be back because there, there's just so much to do here recreation wise. And it's just, it's beautiful. And that's one of the things about, you know, everyone talks about regenerative ag. You want to do it where it's ugly because you can afford to buy land there. That's why we don't own any land. That's why we lease all of our properties because I couldn't afford to buy them and do what I do on them. So that's another portion of the, the you know, so many people are hung up. I'll never be able to do that because I can't afford to buy land. Who says you have to? I mean, really it's bad for business if you're running it as an actual business to own it because then you have all the overhead costs. Whereas if you lease it, it's a, every single cost is 100% tax deductible. So that's another part of education is like, I would love to have more and more young people get into it, say, oh, well, this crazy guy, because I'm not that young compared to most of the people that reach out to me, you know, I'm older than most of them, but I'm quite a bit younger than all of the old timer ranchers that I work with. To them, I'm the young kid, but I'm, I'm in my 40s. Whereas these, the young people that are coming up in that, you know, 25 to 35 age range, number one, they have the physical stamina eventually. They think they do when they start because they do really well in the gym until they come and do actual ranch <laughs> work. And then I, and then I got to take it easy on them. But, but they have the enthusiasm and then they have the, just the massive intellect to where they can deconstruct what we're doing and they're already making a plan of how they're going to apply that themselves, either on their own operation or how to improve what we're doing here. That's what I love about when I'm hiring young people is they have no preconceived notions, just like I did when I started, because I'm first gen. Everything is brand new to me. So I see what works. I see what doesn't work. And I'm not going to do it just because, you know, dad or granddad, that's how they told me it had to be done. And so when you bring those new eyes and new minds on the place, innovation happens and it's and it's so powerful and it invigorates me with energy due to their enthusiasm 
granted you have some people that are complete duds you know and you 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 weed that out but fortunately i've been talking to some other organizations that do internships on what their vetting is and their application process is and what their expectations are and how they spell it out very simply you know like i love talking to will harris down there in, in georgia he says we have a no asshole policy he says if you're an asshole you're out of here and i'm like that's perfect because that's how i operate you know marine corps training tells me oftentimes you lose as many soldiers to friendly fire we don't have to do that on the ranch but i'm just saying that's the seriousness of what we're doing because if you do something dumb in a pen of bulls there's a good chance you're going to get hurt so everybody has to be on their a game because it's just that important yeah and, and that's a good point slim, go, slim, go ahead parker yeah that's one yeah, thing that um just just for the audience of like get it keying in on that that one of the things that the scholarship will do is uh, help fund the, the infrastructure to have the grounds where people come and be able to be interns at Jason's Ranch and and learn everything that 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 someone needs to know about regenerative farming uh, that they don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be 100% for that internship program but maybe just talk a little bit about the the vision specifically for the the internship program sure yeah and and this is where it kind of gets it's more difficult than you would think because you say scholarship right you say internship you say apprenticeship you say glamping you know there's so many uh opportunities across the board underneath that umbrella of possibilities and that's what's magical about that and it's what i was going to say you know a lot of what jason's talking about is the observational science that is required for the type of education that he the educator educator wants to provide and as far as you know this is where I see that we turn things on its head as far as the understanding of what a true uh, scholarship is from the institutional academical standpoint it has nothing to do with that and we get to engineer and pioneer a new definition of what that is and so it's an open book it's it's open sourced it's a collaboration of ideas and guess where it all goes to it goes straight to jason the independent sovereign rancher that is getting a voice by able by being able to have that scholarship in his name so it puts a lot of pressure on jason but what it does him the rancher the way his mind works the way he works within his operation, you want to talk about something that's going to be a true pillar of strength for him, him and his wife discuss it. They don't have to have permission. They get to say, this is exactly what we're going to do. And as far as that, building out infrastructure, that is the number one thing I think that we start of. The source of the seed of the solution within the internship or the scholarship itself is building the infrastructure itself. And I think that's exactly what Jason and his wife have been discussing. And I was kind of waiting till today to, we talked about it last week, Jason, but you went off on a vacation, a kind of a weekend vacation. You went on your own reconnaissance and you came back with some ideas. So what, what are you thinking about right now? So we went and stayed at a, a local um, tent camping site. And, and, it, and we were just trying to look at the conveniences versus the must-haves um, versus all of the, the nuts and bolts of it. And, and really what we found is we have a, a tent company here in Colorado, 100% made in the USA, canvas, 
100% made in the USA, tents, all of that stuff. All the metal is, is made and bent and sourced here because, you know, what we, pro pro what we promote, you know, as Rick Ranches and in the Beef Initiative is support your local industry, support your local ranchers. And so we want to support the people who are willing to put in the extra work to source all their materials locally. And so we're, we've already talked to them. And then, of course, because our property is in conservation easement, we have an application in with them for approval for that. Um, we've talked to the landowner here where our home place is, who's my mother-in-law, and she has given us the green light um, with her concerns, which we're working through that. We actually, we actually bought a propane fire pit to test out to see what that looks like because Unfortunately, we've been in the throes of a huge drought and it gets super dry in the summer. So we want people to have that ambiance, be able to roast marshmallows, all of that stuff without having, you know, sparks and wood and all of that stuff is, is for a problem. So my wife and I set out around that discussing and, you know, making plans and dreaming and drawing out maps last night around that fireplace, which was amazing. I mean, it was, it, it was I always thought they were kind of chintzy, but that's because I'm a, I'm a good old boy. I mean, I go bust down a tree and we make a bonfire, whereas it is it was super warm, super light, and very economical to run and, and safe for the people that don't know necessarily how to start a fire, you know, with wood and whatnot. So that's that's very promising that we'll be able to navigate that. The other thing too is is by walking our the um kind of our plan our designated sites it gives us opportunity to expand if if we have the successes and and we have the interest that we have thus far it gives us the opportunity to expand the program because we have the grounds to do it to possibly service more people which which that's the thing for me is is there are so many people who need it and there are so many people who are looking for that kind of education Getting, I mean, we have so many office workers, right? Super smart, super talented, and all of their physical endurance work is, is in a gym. They don't get to get out and get grounded and get their hands dirty and sweat and, you know, work in the hay and work with cattle and all of that stuff. Whereas this, I mean, it's literally primal. I see the look on people's face when they get the opportunity to get out and work hard and see something physically you know, produced from their labor and feel their sore muscles in ways that they've never felt before in their life. And it's just, it's an awakening for them. And then they can't get enough. It's like a drug. And to, for it, to be able to offer that to more and more people to help them get back to our agrarian roots. You know, it wasn't that long ago that 90% of Americans lived and worked on a farm. Now we're less than 1%. And, and you can tell, number one, by people's physical health, by their mental health, because when you're working hard, you don't have time to worry about what is or isn't happening in the political space, what is or isn't happening, you know, next door, whatever it happens to be. You're focused, your attention on what you're doing. And, and the health benefits of that are, are amazing. They're, they're, they are truly life-changing. So th this isn't a dude ranch. This is people are going to go out and work an actual ranch. Um, how like how long will people be able to go out? Because like they'll come out and stay on your ranch. Uh, the and like how just you know and again it can be a range of things. There's no one size fit all. But just in terms of a 
a program where people come out for a week, a month, you know, multiple months? Like, how, how are you thinking about that, Jason? Well, what I'm finding is it takes almost a week just to get someone familiar with the basic tasks. And so if you were turning it over every week, that just doesn't make sense. It takes way more time away from me than value for the help and let alone the education. So kind of what I'm leaning towards is a, is a month and try that out. But the reality is, is we have seasons, right? And so if we could do seasonally, like spring, there's a set of work that happens then and you have an educational period of two or three months in the spring. And then you have summer, same thing. You have summer work that you can train someone, educate them on doing through the summer, two or three months there. And then you have fall work and it's the same, it would be the same thing there. So, I mean, ideally I, I would be able to bring one person or two people because what I'm kind of looking at now is one tent, two twin beds, and that way you can stack the education on each other. And a lot of these tasks are so much more efficient with two people versus one person. Um, and then we're looking at in infrastructures for portable hot showers, uh, porta potties or composting toilets. It's one of those things where all the amenities will be there because after a hard day of work, you want to go take a nice shower, be able to wash up, you know, come together for a community meal. And so this way, you know, I think we're I think we're going to start first will probably be a month, you know, 30 days, but working into something that's more like two to three months, two to three months, two to three months. So they can truly get the feel for what that season is. The other thing, you know, I have people that are working full-time jobs that want to come out and dedicate a month. Like they will take their months of vacation to come out and commit to work on the ranch. Well, this is an opportunity to give them a place to stay um, and give them the opportunity to get that education. So we, let's say we're going to have an intern that's, a, that's funded through the Beef Initiative. Then we're going to have someone who's going to be paying for their education working side by side with them. And then we'll have someone who, if they want, you know, gear it specifically towards a time of year that they want to be here, or maybe that their workflow of their other job allows them to be here, we can, we can channel it directly specifically for that. The reality is, is nobody, and when I, I hate to say nobody, but very few people work as hard as a one-man band cattle rancher. Sun up to well after sundown every single day, 365 days a year, unless I'm at a speaking event or I am at a conference. Otherwise, it's one guy. I'm doing all of it, all the irrigating, all the haying, all of the cattle work, all the fence building, fence tearing down, one guy. And so nobody or very few people have any idea what that looks like, let alone what you feel like at the end of the day. And so to give more people that opportunity to say, there's no in hell I'm going to be a grass-fed, grass-finished beef producer because it's too much damn work, but it'll give them the idea that those guys are working their ass off to provide that nutrient-dense animal protein to us. We need to pay them more. We need to respect them more. We need to promote them because really that's what we're doing in the beef niches. If we're trying to promote cattle ranches for the hard work that they do, that the corporate big four and the corporate feedlots have stripped them from, you know, and they continue to promote all of these 
national and international organizations like pay your dues pay your dues we're going to get we're going to take care of you we're going to do this for you and all they've really been doing is market capture you know they keep them they keep them suppressed and oppressed keep them poor that way they keep doing whatever it is that you've been doing whereas if you step out like me and do your own thing do your own marketing do your own branding come on as part of the beef initiative the sky's the limit and that's the reality and so the more people that i can convince of that to actually do the hard work to go find their rancher the better off the whole industry will be and really our whole health overall in this country yeah that's it i mean i love that uh that type of education just comes out of this conversation. And, you know, one thing that, it, you know, I always say pillar of strength. Okay. We get this, uh, we get this internship scholarship uh, trust fund going. Okay. You're learning, you're innovating into something, right, Jason. Okay. And you're over here Parker and you're watching how we're doing the custodial ship, how we're allotting funds. You, you know, you, you're, you're part of this collaboration. Well, guess what? Other ranchers are going to see what we're doing here with this first scholarship. And what does that do? Well, once again, it has a network effect and people are going to be calling Jason because it creates a form of marketing and advertising that is free. It's, it's, it's based on authenticity and proof of work. And once we get these conversations going, people want to be a part of that and they want to give to it. They want to, you know, the time, talent and treasure that I always talk about that I got from Adam Curry is like the time, talent and treasure. That is basically the opportunity for people to give into the scholarship. It's unlimited. It's absolutely unlimited where this goes now, because we are doing it from the grassroots source of the seed of the infrastructure of how this should be done in a transparent way people will love to give back they will love to basically book out a stay they will love to offer okay i'm some guy out in the middle of nowhere manhattan <laughs> right now but what i did is i grew up in kentucky well i want to give a scholarship away and i want to give it through the beef initiative because i love jason rick because i i had his beef and so what these people are going to start doing is they're going to come and they're going to contact Jason and they're going to say, hey, Jason, I want to give a full scholarship. You said 30 days. I want to give a 30 day scholarship to somebody. Let me let's talk about your list. Who are the candidates? And so whenever we have those conversations and you start reflecting on those conversations, people are going to say this is very intentional. People are going to try to hard to be on that list and to fulfill that list. And that's how this stuff works. This is how grassroots organizations work. This is how innovation during prohibition works. And, and it is it is this 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 multifaceted collaboration that basically this is what is so exciting to me is because we don't know where this is going to end up, but I guarantee it's going to go places. And what that does for you, Jason, let's look about five to ten years down the line. Same with you, Parker. I'm going to get you you to kind of uh, project out and I'm going to Son, you muted. Five years down the line and how many scholarships have we provided? How many generations have we saved because we're basically getting people back to boots on the ground in a new form of basically uh, ownership of uh, responsibility of the money 
and of the education of what it means to be a modern day rancher. So I'll let you go ahead and uh, respond to that, Parker. You lost you there for a minute, Slim. Okay, yeah, somebody was trying to call my dang phone. So where did I <laughs> you, cut you, off? Where did you, I? You, were you saying you want me to give a price prediction on how many scholarships we're going to give? Not a price prediction, but you know how <laughs> many know. how many scholarships how, do we see in five years? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'd say. It, yeah, it, it, I, man, that is hard. I would I would just say I've seen, you know. Um, and again, and this, and this is just across a handful of events, but I feel like I've seen thousands of people that have been impacted by this and that we're just getting started. And I can also see the forward momentum of it. Um, I also know where Bitcoin is going over the next five to 10 years, not in terms of price, but just in terms of the uh, the importance of it and the number of people and the number of people it's able to connect. And that the more people that understand this thing, Bitcoin, the more people that will tune into the, the things that Bitcoiners are paying attention to, like what you're doing at the Beef Initiative, the important day-to-day -day work that, that Jason is doing and Nicole is doing and other ranchers that are uh, recognizing that the power of the movement. Um, so I would... Um, I, I would say that it'd be a, you know low end that in a in a few years we'd have less than a thousand scholarships. So um, and you know and, and that's the work that a, that a few you know like you said just a, a few people pursuing a crazy idea to say well yeah is it actually delivering value and that's what I anchor to the most to say is is this activity delivering real value and and you know real value you know proof of work when you see it and it is. Uh, and it's inspiring people. So I might be, you know, I, I always try to be conservative in, in a thousand, maybe 2,100 for the, the Bitcoin lock, maybe 21,000. Uh, but, uh, you know, the you know journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And that's what this represents. Well, and that's well put, I've been well talking put. to other organizations that do internships, you know, about kind of what their pain points were and, and, and how that worked for them. And their response is, you know, oftentimes 2,000 people apply to fill seven or eight spots. And, and some of those are, are not well-known organizations. It's just people looking for that education. And then you talk about the different kinds of people who apply and they're Everything from 40-year-old physicians to fresh high school graduates and everything in between. You know, so oftentimes people are just looking for that fulfillment in their life that they haven't had in whatever, you know, their, their, their current career was. And so they're looking to get back to the land just to make those connections back to their ancestors. And that's powerful. And I mean, in some of those farms, you know, you're, you're butchering a thousand chickens at a time. I've butchered plenty of chickens and that is not what I want, would want to do for an internship. That's probably why I'm a cattle rancher and not a chicken farmer. But I mean, it, it's real honest work. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'd rather move cows in a dust storm than butcher chickens any day. <laughs> Good point. Me too, Jason. <laughs> I don't I don't like you eating yard birds anyways. I just stick to beef. <laughs> but one thing that I see on this, and, and this is kind of me and how I think, I want you to 
let's listen. Let's just push picture of the United States. Let's picture across the globe too, because we don't have no borders in the beef initiative. We don't have no borders in Bitcoin. You think about all the different countries and continents that are adopting Bitcoin and educating on Bitcoin. Well, we're going to take that, you know, as far as the beef intelligence is that we're spreading out too. Okay, well, we get this scholarship and you're the pioneer and, and Parker, you're the pioneer and, and Texas Slim is the pioneer. But what we do is we get ranchers saying, hey, that's a possibility for me too. You know, we're going to have a thousand intern uh, scholarship recipients or 21,000, but guess what? The big goal here is to get 21,000 ranchers being able to do exactly what Jason Rick's doing. And this is how people are gonna be able to be involved. They're not gonna to have to ask for permission. They don't have to follow the rules of the higher education hierarchy, something like a Harvard trust fund. What it is, it's gonna be nice and transparent. It's gonna be on a ledger. It's gonna be uh, basically a non-for-profit, which I need to bring into the fact that our uh, attorneys uh, over there, Brad, he was there, Brad Davis, he was in uh, in Georgia at White Oak Pastures, He we spoke. And so what we're gonna do is we're going to basically circumvent around all of this prohibition of, be, of the ranchers being able to have their own voice. This is one way that we're gonna allow the, the ranchers to have a voice again. And, and whenever we do get this viral understanding and awakening moving forward, it's unlimited. It really is. Because you looked at HODL not, and I don't know the numbers, but damn did a lot of people donate a lot of money to HODL not legal funds. And, and it was for a good cause. You know, it's fighting for the sovereignty of Bitcoin itself and the, the, the sovereignty of the Bitcoiners themselves. And so for that lawsuit to move forward for to get that type of attention, I think whenever people really start, because this is an international lifestyle, we are stewarding a new way of thinking. And what I'm going to start releasing in 2023 and kind of starting here in, in, in uh, down at Colza function that we're having this weekend. And then in Tennessee, we're going to have that micro summit before the U.S. Cattlemen's Association convention. But we're going to start teaching people how to be a modern day cattleman. And you don't have to have your 40 acres. You don't have to have your 40 cows. But what you have to have is a base layer of education that starts with something that we're doing within the beef initiative. It starts with the scholarship trust fund in which Jason Rick gets his name on it, the first one. This is how you make change. This is how you innovate. And, you know, this is this is what's so exciting. And to be a modern day cattle rancher, it's just not going to be knowing genetics and, you know, when it's nut cutting time. It's also going to know how to store your value again. And, you know, here comes Parker with Unchained Capital. What do you know? Well, we're becoming modern day cattlemen across the globe. And that's what people are yearning for right now. Yeah, no, the important word that you mentioned there, Slim, was uh, permissionless and that, yep. that not not asking permission. That is one key thing that we help and will help um, people like yourself and also Jason um, is hold their Bitcoin not only in a secure way, but in a way that is permissionless. Um, because yep. the movement of financial funds and you've experienced, you shared this thought, you know, with me of just in terms of the the core four, the five processing plans that they not only do they centralize the the, the supply chain, but then the financial flows have to go through them and they they enforce how they want to do things onto you because they are their your, they are your source of distribution and, and you have to go it is effectively a permission system 
do what we want to do if you want to access the revenue streams that you've come to rely on. And, and that when you get into the permissionless world, that having a permissionless form of money like Bitcoin is very important and holding keys to those Bitcoin in a secure way is at the fundamental level, how you per, permit or you perceive, you're not just perceive, but you preserve, sorry, that was the word I was before, you preserve the ability to secure your money to preserve your value into the future in a permissionless way. Uh, and that's what that, that is, a you know, the, the pieces of education and whether it's, you know, when, when Jason is ready to spend it, whether it's a supplier to, to, to set up the grounds, to be able to host these people, whether, however he wants to spend it, it will be permissionless and we will put him in that position to, to hold permissionless wealth in a secure way without the risk of loss. Uh, and that is training, but then that is also providing the infrastructure to hold keys in a secure way, but to do that on their own, to really empower them. And then that's ultimately what this program is going to be doing. It's going to be empowering. It's not just about that individual that comes um, and takes that, that you know kind of month or two months or season. It's them and then who they go forward and impact. Um, it is them and it is them in themselves, but it's going to be far more reaching because like you said, we're going to be producing more people that are going to be impacting and be a centerpiece for their communities if uh, if what happens that we expect will. Uh, and, and I do expect that too. Yeah. And as, uh, as far as uh, Jason, I think that uh, we're about to open up a can of worms and there's not anybody better than uh, you basically being part of this. And, you know, with you uh, about to take the reins on this, Jason, uh, what are you, uh, let's, let's project out. I want to project out a few things for the, the listeners right now. You and I spoke a little bit, you know, last week, like I said, um, you know, you're looking at, you know, the yurts, the tents and all that. But what kind of time frame do you, from the rancher's perspective, uh, what are you looking at as far as next steps? Let's start painting a roadmap. And that way we can have these little podcasts coming back and we can start letting everybody know what we're doing. First thing we're going to do is lay out and drive our roadways to make sure that we have plenty of clearance to get in and out and what we're going to do. Everything's going to be, you know, in the trees and that way everything, everything will be, you know, kind of secluded and you won't necessarily be able to see one to the next to the next and improve infrastructure there, whether it's water lines and, um, everything just the basic you know in the ground work um the tents that we're looking at are there's only like a six week um backlog on them so that's pretty straightforward to get them delivered here the reality is is we would probably do the dirt work during the winter because that's kind of our slow season for ranching with the idea that um more than likely late april early may is when we would start with our first um, intern. Right. And along with that, you know, it's a, we're working on the application process and also literally writing out the responsibilities because, you know, we want everyone to be completely clear and everything to be completely transparent on what it is that we're doing and what it looks like, what expectations are, what we will provide what our intern will have to provide. And that way there's no, just like in Bitcoin, it's completely transparent. If you wanna get in and you wanna see, you know, what block is being mined today and all the way back through every transa- 
transaction through the very first thing. It's all about complete transparency. And that's how we run our business as well. Like we have documentation of every calf that was ever sick, everything that ever got doctored, the day that every calf was born, you know, carcass numbers all the way through for every beef that we've ever processed is complete transparency. And that's what we want to do um, with this program as well. Because when you have a, a pillar of strength, which is transparency, you want it to be throughout every portion of your business and, and it's business. I mean, to be able to do this, we have to be able to make it valuable for our attendees as well as valuable for us and, and hope that everybody leaves with the education that they came for. And I guarantee it will be a lot more than that as well. Yeah, it, it's it. This is going to be a fun year. I, just, I, I as you were talking, I was thinking about you know because we were I was out the ranch for about five days, and I, as you were talking, I was trying to visualize everything and, and visualizing the valley there. And just man, this is going to be fun. So and you know we're going to have uh, hopefully another micro summit out there in 2023 in Colorado in the North Fork Valley at Rick Ranches outside of uh, you know outside of that, that valley is just beautiful. And um, so what we're gonna do here, we've been going pretty long now, it's almost an hour already. So what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna let everybody know how to get a hold of you. And then I'm gonna have some closing remarks and we're gonna sign off. But uh, Parker, you're an educator too, and we need more ranchers and just general people reading your stuff. So direct everybody how we can read all your fabulous writings and your education that you give us and uh, anything that you'd like anybody to know to get some more information about Unchained Cap. Yeah, so that's primarily where people can find us on our website, unchained.com, U-N-C-H-A-I-N-E-D, unchained.com. Uh, for people that want to learn more, they can schedule a consultation, just go right to the button, click consultation, and they can get time with a, a real human being that knows everything there is to know about Bitcoin and security. Also, if people want to get set up with a service that we're going to help you guys get set up with, the concierge onboarding service, they can also sign up right on our website for that. Um, also on our website, uh, if they go to resources on our website, um, there's a section called uh, Short for Graduate Than Suddenly, GTS. Uh, that is the series that I wrote on Bitcoin. Uh, there's 17 long form essays that explain um, not necessarily everything, but pretty close to everything you need to know to understand why Bitcoin exists, why it's important, how it works, and, and then ultimately be, be powered with, with a, a, a knowledge base um, so that you can de demystify Bitcoin, but then ultimately um, start to use it and to start to use it as a store of value and and, and benefit from getting off the, the hamster wheel that is uh, our form of money that constantly gets debased and inflated away. Um, so our website, unchained.com, um, my, my resources there in terms of my fundamental writings about Bitcoin, which are under resources and the, the GTS series or the Gradually Then Suddenly series, or people can find me on Twitter. Uh, Parker A. Lewis is my Twitter handle and um, I generally, you know, point people to events like uh, Rick's Ranches over the summer, the Beef Initiative, uh, the, the event. Uh, I'll be there on Saturday to help uh, usher in the new processing plant in Luling, Texas, uh, the Saturday, November 5th. 
Uh, and any other event that the Beef Initiative is hosting, I'll, I'll probably be there. If I'm not, I'll be putting it on Twitter to help get people there, um, as well as we host the Bitcoin Commons here in Austin. Um, we have events pretty much weekly. So if people are in Central Texas and people want to stop by, um, they can get in touch either via Twitter or just come knock on our door, uh, come to the, the our website, or uh, we also have the BitcoinCommons.com, which is a community space for everyone in the Bitcoin community in Central Texas. So. Uh, range of ways to find us, but we're around. We're based in Austin, Texas, um, and you don't have to go looking far to find me. So, yeah, part and everybody watching and listening to this, rewind the next the last two minutes and listen to what Parker said and go do what he just said. It's it's invaluable. It's 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 an investment. Uh, educate yourself, uh, re-educate yourself, and definitely your writings are phenomenal, Parker. So thank you, um, Jason. What do we got with you? Well, my Twitter handle is Beef, Bees, and Bitcoin. Um, you can always DM me. Um, I'm on Telegram and Signal. And um, then we have a Rick Ranch's brand new website that uh, we did a value for value with. So that's rickranches.com. And then we still have our old Rick Ranch's Google business website as well. I still get quite a bit of traffic there. I'm on... Um, Instagram and Facebook, Rick Ranch is on Facebook and um, probably Jason Rick, W-R-I-C-H on uh, Instagram. And that's the other thing too, is I mean, even if you just wanna talk, you can always send me a DM. And if you're truly interested, I love using the time that I'm driving from place to place to talk to people who need the education that are looking for that information. And then that's the other great thing with the Beef Initiative is I've been able to meet so many of those people who have called and reached out to me in person at our events. And that's the, that's, you know, an awesome thing with this network is we're all open um, to try and communicate and help people and educate people. And, and, and I mean, Parker is, is a fantastic resource, you know, and to be able to have him, is is deeply involved in our organization and that white glove concierge service and 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 as he said whether it's 0.1 bitcoin or or large holdings of bitcoin the services that they provide are top-notch and so you just have to get out there don't be afraid they're all approachable we are all approachable and we are here here to help and that's what we're trying to do is educate people and get everybody healthy helping them focus back on their, you know, pure animal protein and their health moving forward so they can live a long time and enjoy their grandkids because that's essentially what we all want to do. And this is an opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, it really is. And we are all open source here. We all one big collaboration. You know, we're all crowdfunding each other with education, with monetary value, with, uh, you know, with uh, a store value. And so, that's a lot of times it's hard for people to truly understand that, that it is an open door policy here, man. You know, the, the pathway is broad, but man, that gate is narrow. You gotta be very intentional about it. You gotta, you gotta have a little courage. You got a little trust your instincts when you're dealing with us because we're the real deal. This shit's gonna happen. We're gonna about to cowboy it up a little bit and we're gonna get very serious in 2023. So I've been waiting for this for three years. And so we're here. And I just want to thank you guys. You guys are uh, a godsend, both of you. Uh, thank you for being part of the Beef Initiative. 
uh, and I expect y'all at every function, so there won't be any missing them. I don't care where it is, if it's in, uh, well, at least in the United States. Maybe in the next couple of years, we'll all travel over overseas together to, to go to a beef initiative because what we're going to do is we're going to start feeding our communities. What we're going to do is we're going to start feeding the world by building out locally, people. That's the only way you feed the world is you build out locally. And then you let that spread out. And how do you build out locally? You take care of yourself first, then your family, then your community. And if we can all have that as Bitcoiners, that mindset, this place, uh, we're gonna go places with all of this. And so this is times of innovation. It's not time to ask for permission and uh, appreciate you guys. We're going to, uh, hey, Jason, look over your shoulder and tell me about that Angus you got right there, that portrait. Where'd you get yeah, that? We were, we were at a, a friend of ours put on an event in Montrose, Colorado. And so there was a photographer there and she had this uh, print there. And then there's a print that was actually taken in Texas of a whole bunch of Angus cattle. And I couldn't live without that one either. Then you might see there's a start nine node there on the hat box running also. But anyways, um. <laughs> well, I, I did that on purpose. I love the Angus. I love the, the bullhead. But one thing I want everybody to do now is, uh, and you too, Jason, everybody go to beefinitiative.com and uh, look at future events and see what you see. So uh, that's me baiting you into go look at the future events because there's, there's a surprise there for you, Jason. So uh, everybody... Have you, you have you seen it already? I've seen it. Yeah, right. looks good. Perfect. Looks I pretty knew cool, where you got it? that picture yeah. from. Right? <laughs> Screenshotted from you. I stole it. <laughs> but uh, what we're gonna do, guys? Uh, everybody, go check out our future events. Uh, we're having the Gillette uh, Cattlemen's Feast down in Luling, Texas, November fifth, and we're gonna be in uh, Nashville from the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. It's a, it's a quite of a, it's quite a week there. So uh, Parker, thank you so much. Jason, thank you so much. You guys go have a good week. Get back to work. We'll talk All to right, you soon. I'll see you Saturday, Slim. All right, sounds good, bud. Jason, I'll call you later. good timeline ahead what we've got going on here is 2023 we're going to have a scholarship fund and the first one's going to be in jason rick's name of rick ranches uh you guys got to participate in this i don't think anybody else has done anything quite like this you know having that uh, scholarship fund the the foundational trust the store of value being in a bitcoin anyways there's a big story coming out with that there's going to be a roadmap that you guys get to, uh, be a part of time talent and treasure that's what we're always asking for remember why we're here we're here because we're going to get a hundred thousand people we're going to do what's right we're not going to ask any more questions we're not going to validate the deceptions anymore we don't have to ask for permission and if everybody needs to you know come to terms with acceptance is the key and why is it so hard to know what the issues are and just to do the right things so with this scholarship trust fund 
from Unchained Capital, Parker Lewis, Jason Rick, Rick Branches, Texas Land, Beef Initiative. We're kicking this shit off and we're not asking for permission. So come along for the ride, time, talent, and treasure. There's people that are giving back every day, and I like to give them credit because we are podcasting 2.0. We are on the Fountain app. If you guys don't have the Fountain app right now, go ahead and download it now. Also, the new podcast series, I Am Texas Slim, is live now on YouTube. So make sure to go see that inaugural, the very first one of I Am Texas Slim. Let's get these numbers up. Let's go ahead and start contributing to that scholarship fund. You can go to thebeefinitiative.com. There's a little donation button up there. It has its handout with a heart. Let's give some heart. Let's uh, go to the, the website. Let's go to the platform and give back. For those that are streaming sats on the podcasting 2.0, Adam Curry, thank you. 50,000 sats. Observing 90,000 sats. Who else do we have here? Gene Everett, you're giving every time we have that podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, who else? Let's see. We have the Ratty, Ratty X Rat. You're doing it again. There you are. 5,000 sats. Uh, Gene Everett, you gave twice. I appreciate you guys. Stack sats, stream sats, boost. Go to the Beef Initiative. Don't forget to get your beef box. Don't forget to share the Substack, texasslim.com, texasslim.substack.com. Sorry. Get everybody you know. Let's start funneling everybody into this gateway of content, of actionable items, of time, talent, and treasure. We're looking for you guys. Give us what you can as far as your time, your talent, and your treasure. We're here. We're grassroots. We're grass-fed. We're moving forward. We'll see you guys next week. God bless. Bye.